The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens-Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello, and welcome back to Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate surrender with Coot Blackson, who is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher who has spoken at countless events. And Kud is also a widely considered next generation leader in the field of personal development and the author of The Magic of Surrender. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kud. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, this book, Magic of Surrender, it sounds so interesting. Why surrender? Why not surrender? I believe that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings. I believe surrender is the key to the next level of your life. I believe that surrender is the password to freedom. I believe that surrender is the real, real, real secret to manifestation. If you look at anyone great, anyone that has truly achieved, anyone that has impacted the world, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mandela, Martin Luther King, I mean, the list could go on. Some of my childhood heroes, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, they all surrendered themselves to their soul. They all surrendered themselves to the universe, to life, to God, whatever label you want to put on it. There came a point in their lives where they surrendered themselves. In that surrender, they transcended their human limitations and they tapped into another dimension of life, another dimension of their potential. In that surrender, life was able to manifest them. Life was able to use them. Life was able to use them to impact humanity in a profound way. So I think surrender is the real secret. It's the real key. You know, the book came about, this was not the book I wanted to write. This was not the book I thought I was going to write. I had my own agenda for the book I wanted to write. I was not surrendered. Let's put it that way. And One day I had this entire whiteboard of different ideas and book topics. And I thought I was going to be clever. I thought I was going to crack a code to write another best-selling book that my publishers would want. And as I looked at this board, the only word that really 
felt true and felt authentic for me was the word surrender. So I had to surrender to the book about surrender. When I was looking at the whiteboard, I smashed back throughout my entire life. And the first event I came to where I understood that surrender was the key was in 2016. My mother was diagnosed with stomach cancer at the end of 2016. It was devastating. It was scary. It was hard because for me, my mother was the most important person to me in my entire life. I mean, we were so close. She was, she's just incredible. You know, she taught me so much about life and love. And so when she was diagnosed, I was living in Los Angeles, California. I basically began flying back from LA to London, where she lived every month, every month for a week to be with my mother for one year. And I got to be with her in chemo sessions and hold her hand and spend time with her. What started out as the worst year of my life ended up becoming the best year of my life. And so I remember about seven months into the process, I really realized that I don't think she was going to make it. And the doctors, we were in the hospital and the doctor said to her and I, in a nice way, they basically say, you're going to die. So get your affairs in order. And it was hard. It was devastating. It was for me, nothing prepares you for that moment, you know, where you realize the person you love the most is going to die. And I looked my mother in the eyes as we walked out of the hospital, realizing I may not see her many more times. You know, the reality hit me and I looked her in the eyes. My mother is a Japanese woman and the little Japanese woman. And I looked my mother in the eyes and I said, two questions. Number one, are you afraid? Are you afraid? And my mother looks me in the eyes and she says to me, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because I know I'm not this body. This body is a temporary vehicle for my soul. And that yes, this body will die. But when I really am, my true essence, my spirit will live. We will continue so that I will be, I will be guiding you from the other side. So I'm not afraid because I know who I am. And I felt the conviction of her knowing. And I looked my mother in the eyes because I wanted to be a good son. And I said to my mother, what can I do for you in your final days to make your days easier? And this is where I see now that the seed for surrender and its importance was planted. My mother looked at me. She said, I said, mom, what do you want? What do you need? What can I buy you? Where can I take you? She said, there's nothing I want. There's nothing I need. Nothing. Only thing I want for my life is what God wants for my life. That's it. In that simple moment, I realized the code. This entire year, my mother was at peace. She was free. She was calm. She didn't feel like a victim. She was so at peace with her experience and her journey that I saw she wasn't attached to living. She wasn't attached to dying. She was totally surrendered and open to the highest unfolding of her soul's journey. She was surrendered. And that's when I saw that even in the most sort of raw, real human experience, that surrender, truly surrendering, is the password to freedom. She was free. And, you know, just to clarify before I, you know, throw it back to you, but in our culture today, we have this idea that surrender is weak. That surrender is passive. That surrender is giving up. It's waving the white flag. That if you surrender, you're going to get left behind. You're going to be taken advantage of. You're going to be a doormat. You're not going to manifest your goals, dreams, and desires. You're going to get less in life. And I'm actually saying, no, if you really understand 
the real essence and meaning of true surrender. You don't get less in life, you get more. Like, what if you got more? Maybe not what you expected, but what if it was different? What if it was better? More than you could have planned and imagined with your limited ego's conscious intention. What if it was better than you could imagine? When I've looked at the, the best things that have happened in my life, meeting my wife, you know, having amazing experiences, most of it I didn't plan. It happened in the process of just living life. And so surrender, just to set the context, is, is a letting go of control, or I should say the illusion that we were in control. The control is a master addiction. Surrender is when we stop trying to force and manipulate life to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be and who we think we should be and how we think it should be so that we can live in flow. Surrender is when we take the limitations off of life and we're open, we're available to allow life in its innate intelligence, in its infinite intelligence to show us and guide us. The willingness to allow life to lead us is part of surrender. So there's more I could say, but that's, that's what inspired the book and that's a bit about surrender. Well, and it sounds like your definition of surrender, because I was going to ask what your definition of surrender was, but as you explained, it became increasingly clear that it sounds like it's stepping out of the ego, letting the ego go. But also you talked about attachment. I mean, that's what Siddhartha Gautama labeled as the source of all suffering was attachment. So attached to life, not attached to death, but just letting go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's about being open. It's about being available. You know, it's about like, for instance, yes, most of us, we live life from the identification attachment to our ego. We can break that down. The ego is that perceived sense of who and what we believe ourselves to be based on life experience, conditioning society, right? But it's not what we really are. It's just belief systems, ideas that we hold on to for a sense of self. The challenge is if we are this ego structure, you know, your beliefs change, your ideas about yourself change, you, who you thought you were change. We don't believe things that we thought when we were 18 and 14 and two years old. So if we are those beliefs and ideas and concepts, then who the hell are we? What the hell happened to us? And so we are not the ego. Ego is simply a construct. It's not a thing. It's a process of identification. A bicycle is a thing. The challenge is in our culture, we have been brainwashed and conditioned to believe that we are the ego and much of life reinforces that. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, you're not, you're, you're a man, you're a woman. Ego is the process of identification. So what I really say is a life that is lived from the lens or the attachment of the ego, you can create this way. You can manifest this way. The challenge is it will be limiting. It will be limiting. You might get everything that you thought you wanted in life only to realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. But if we're not in touch with who we truly are, what we think we want is going to be many times our goals end up being projections of unmet needs from childhood. And so creating from the lens of the ego is limited. You can create good things, but it will be limited. So in the sort of paradigm of surrender, there's a different question. We're taught in the paradigm of the ego. What do you want? Know what you want. Get clear what you want. Know what you want. Go for it. Manifest it. Thing is this. When we talk about surrender, it's a different question. Not about what do you want? Because if we don't know who we truly authentically are as a spiritual being, as a human expression, authentically living, 
then what we think we want is going to be an illusion and misguided. So the question I invite people to ask is, is an infinite question. It's a bigger question. The question becomes, what is it that life wants to express? What is it that my soul is seeking to express? What is the deepest impulse that my heart wants to express? What is the deepest impulse of what life is seeking to manifest and express through me? And so part of surrender is an availability and openness to listen, to attune, to feel, to be available to what is authentic, what is truth, to allow that impulse to express, to sort of to catch the vision and listen to the truth of your essence, of your being, and then to align your actions, your thoughts, your personality, your money, your marketing, your strategy, your planning in alignment with what is true and what's authentic. Now you're in flow. Now you're working in harmony with life and nature. And so surrender doesn't mean being lazy and doing nothing. Surrender means once you catch that vision of what's true and authentic arising from your soul, from your truth, then you go into action. You give 100%, give everything you've got without attaching to the outcome. So it's not attaching to the outcome. Because then when we attach to the outcomes, we kind of force things to be sometimes what they're not. But when we let go of the attachment to the outcome, then we can be available to life showing us and guiding us and pivoting along the way. And so, yes, surrender is an openness. It's a willingness to be available. It's a willingness to be guided. It's a willingness to embrace the unknown, but it doesn't mean not being responsible and not showing up and doesn't mean sitting around and being passive. When you truly surrender to what is true, you might be guided to, to launch a business. You might be guided to take a stand. You might be guided to go in a direction you've been afraid to go. And that might require that you work nonstop. It might require that you, you work 24 seven. You might work harder than you've ever worked, but the key is you're not attached to the outcome. And that's, I think, a key component in surrender. So I think surrender is freedom. You know, it's the real freedom in life. No, I agree. The way that you're outlining this, I totally agree. It is the freedom because we just are free of expectation. We're free of attachment. We're free of judgment, right? So how does one get started to surrender? Yeah, I'll give you one beginning step, but I might just sort of dissect for people like a yeah. few things, but let's say yes. What I would say one of the things that stops us from truly surrendering or one place that people can start, a practical step, if people are saying, well, where do I start? How do I like, do I just blow up my life? Do I, you know, go move to the Himalayas? I'm like, no, you don't need to move to the Himalayas. You don't need to go to a monastery. You don't need to, to leave your wife or your, you know, your life or no, that, no, that's not what surrender is. Surrender can be lived in everyday life. But one thing that stops us from being free from breaking through, from transforming ourselves, from letting go, from surrendering, are all of the lies that we tell ourselves. As human beings, for reasons which we can get into, we are constantly lying to ourselves. Some of which is intentional, some of which is even unconscious. We don't even know that we don't even know. We're just conditioned. And so if someone's wondering, where do I start? We have to be willing to start with the truth. The truth. Question number one, what lies am I telling myself? We have to be willing to be honest. What lies am I telling myself? We stay in jobs that we hate and often compromise our integrity. We stay in relationships that we know it's not right. And we know it, but we stay out of fear, out of familiarity, out of ego, out of pride, you know, out of fear of the future and the unknown and not finding love again. And so we stay in situations that we know deep inside is not aligned 
and in integrity with our soul. We betray ourselves saying yes when we mean no to get love, validation, and approval from people in our lives. And we wonder why we feel pain. And so the first place to begin as a beginning point of surrender is what lies am I telling myself? Just sit with that. To me, truth is real spirituality. Truth is real, you could say, a spiritual practice, real yoga. Tell the truth. There is no transformation without truth. And so we have to want to be free more than we want what we have. We have to want to be free more than we want what we think we want. And so if we start with the truth, the truth will set you free. And so much of what we feel limited by, shackled by, so much of what we go to church to pray to God about, to go to the temple, like God help me, will dissolve if we start telling ourselves the truth. The truth might be, I hate my job. The truth might be, I'm not in love anymore with my wife, with my husband. Now, what I tell people, a caveat, take the pressure off of yourself of having to take any action. Because sometimes the fear of taking action, the fear of the consequence of taking action, because if I, oh, if I really acknowledge the truth, what's gonna happen to my relationship? If I really acknowledge the truth, what does that mean? Do I have, means I have to leave my job, but then I have three kids and a wife, and how am I gonna pay the bills? And so out of fear, the ego, We'll get into that in a second. The ego creates a smoke screen and a cloud of confusion. Like we play this game of, I don't know. I don't really know what my truth is. I don't really know what my purpose is. I'm confused. I don't know if this relationship is right for me or not. We know. Deep down, we know. But out of fear of the consequence, we kind of create a self-protective bubble of confusion. So I say, take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action. Just start with the truth. What is the truth? I'm not in love. Feel that. You don't have to break up. You don't have to leave. Do it. You don't have to do anything. Just acknowledge the truth. You can't surrender. You can't shift anything if you're not acknowledging the truth. The truth is, I haven't been in love for 10 years, for five years. Or the truth is, I know this relationship is not right. If I'm honest, sit with that. Allow the feelings to come up because stuff will start to bubble. Stuff will start to stir up and that can get you into relationship with the truth. You can't change reality if you're denying reality. And one of the ways that the ego keeps us safe is denial. You see, what we have to understand is the nature of the ego. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate You, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. 
There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Surrender can feel scary for the ego. The ego that which we perceive and believe ourselves to be, mistakenly, but we believe ourselves to be this person this ego structure, right? The ego, the job of the ego is to reinforce its existence, number one. Secondly, the job of the ego is to protect you, to make sure you don't get hurt like you were hurt when you were a kid and when you were young. Maybe mom or dad wasn't around. You felt helpless, never going to feel that again. Maybe they were fighting all the time. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe there was trauma. Maybe they weren't around. It felt so painful. So we learned all sorts of off unconscious strategies to shut down, disconnect, not feel. We built, we suppressed, suppressed our feelings. We erected walls around our heart as a defense mechanism to just deal and survive and function. We function in the, our environment growing up. And so in so many ways, ego, what we have been conditioned to be, ego is a reaction, an adaptive response to certain experiences that happen. And so ego is a protective mechanism, right? And so for, for the ego, what we mistakenly believe ourselves to be, surrender feels, feels. It's not, but it feels like a death. It feels like a death to what we believe ourselves to be because the degree to which we believe ourselves to be this tradition identity, surrender feels like a death. So when you say surrender for the ego, it's like, whoa, who am I going to be? If I don't believe that, who am I going to be if I don't have it? Who am I going to be if I don't do that thing? Who am I going to be if I keep, if I actually surrender and open my heart to love, if I actually surrender and, and, and go into the unknown, I might get hurt again, resistant. So you could say the resistance that we often have to surrendering is well intended. It's a positive intention. So if we can understand that we're not the ego, and if we can understand the purpose of the ego self-protection, then we can learn how to meet the ego rather than force or judgment to meet the ego with love and compassion. And so sometimes part of surrender is to not force surrender is to accept that we're afraid and we're not surrendering and to just be with ourselves, to accept and be with ourselves exactly as we are. You see, the ego, the, one of the reasons that we live in denial and we lie to ourselves is because the ego doesn't want to change mm -hmm. because change feels like a death. And so the ego wants everyone else to change, but it doesn't want to change. We don't want to change. Like we want our parents to change, society to change, the government to change, our, our pet goldfish to change, but we don't want to change. And that's just the way the ego keeps itself safe or at least it perceives that way. And so when we understand that we are not the ego, then we also understand that what we're letting go of 
is not really what we truly are. What we are is so much more. And so I think one of the first things, start telling yourself the truth. Start acknowledging the truth. Start allowing yourself to feel the feelings that arise. Because when we lie to ourselves, it's painful. When we lie to ourselves, we will feel pain. So we have to be willing to acknowledge the pain that we feel that we're often denying by telling ourselves the lie. But if we don't acknowledge the pain, when we lie to ourselves, it's painful. It's meant to feel painful. The pain is feedback. The pain is some part of us is communicating to us that something needs attention and likely where there's pain consistently is showing us where we're not in alignment or integrity. So we have to be willing and able to start acknowledging the pain, understanding the message of the pain so that we can start course correcting. And so lying to ourselves, that's number one. We have to start there and the willingness to then start being compassionate and gentle and loving without egoic resistances. Because I think if we can hold ourselves with love and compassion, then our ego can sort of relax and surrender can begin blossoming and then we can start healing. Healing is applying loving to the parts of ourselves that are hurting. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. So this book has, the magic of surrender has been getting some phenomenal endorsements. Jack Can, sure. Anthony Williams, Marsha Beck, John Gray. I mean, this is insane. You've had some real success with this book so far. Yeah. What do you hope people take away from this? I want everyone to read this book because as I said in the beginning, surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do. I want everyone to embrace surrender as a way of life. And my promise is if you surrender, you will experience magic, magic in your life. I promise you magic. And the truth is we all want surrender, whether we know it or not. Whether someone's listening, go, I don't know, it sounds, wait, I'm going to prove it right now. I'm going to prove it Good. on a very human level. For those that might be skeptical, for those that might be like, I don't need that surrender, you know, crap, blah, blah, blah. That's for the yogis in the Himalayas. Surrender doesn't really work. I'm going to prove every human being right now that you want surrender, even if you think you don't. Two examples. Number one, for those of you who have in the past or do, you go out, you drink, you get drunk. Why do we do that? Because when we drink, we get a little drunk. I don't drink, but drink, get a little drunk. What happens? The egoic grip, our sense of self starts to loosen, right? We feel looser. We feel free of our self. And what we're seeking is a sense of surrender from our egoic self conditioning. That's what we're really seeking. Without knowing it, that's what we're seeking. Number two, I want everyone to think about your most beautiful. Doesn't have to be the most beautiful, but a really beautiful sexual experience. Told you we're not going to be spiritual on this conversation. We don't have to be like woo-woo here. A human and real. I want everyone to just think about, like really do it, folks. Think about a blissful sexual encounter you have with your spouse, your loved one, your lover, whoever, whatever. Think about it. What made it blissful? You were in the throes of love, energy was circulating. What made, why was it so blissful? Surrender. In that moment. And you don't have to be spiritual, right? In that moment, did you come? This is for everyone here. Did you come to the conversation? Did you come to the conversation with your lover, with a notepad, an iPhone, a business plan? Okay, honey, 
we're going to have to have a lovemaking session tonight. Okay, sit down, lie down on the bed at exactly 92 degrees. Um, at exactly 30 seconds from now, you're going to just like shift your legs 14, you know, centimeters to the, to the left, you know, kiss me like 14 times on the cheeks. And then the set, two minutes into our section of count, is that how it is? No. What makes that lovemaking so ecstatic? She surrendered. You let go. And, you didn't know what the hell was going to happen. A minute from now, a second from now, you were totally lost. You let go. You were allowed. You became one. You were totally in the unknown. All the things we say, oh, it's so scary life to not know what's going to happen. Imagine with your husband, with your wife, with your spouse, every time you made love and had sex, it was exactly the same every day for the rest of your life. How boring would that be? How excruciatingly painful would that be? Like, okay, here we go and guess. But what makes it so blissful is we let go and we surrender and we follow the energy of our lover. We follow the energy. We were surprised. We didn't know. We didn't know it was a new discovery. It was a new creation. It was love making. If that makes love making so blissful, what would happen if we lived life that way? Oh, wow. That's my invitation. Life can be ecstatic and alive and orgasmic and joyous and blissful. I'm not saying easy all the time, but a unique discovery. What if we dared to live life that way? That is my invitation. And I have seen in my life, I'm not speaking from theory. I'm not speaking from an ivory attack. I have seen in my life the best things that have happened I didn't plan. The best things that happened to me in my life happened in the process of living, happened in the process of just being open. And many of the things that I thought I wanted, when I look back now, I like, we're often told, be grateful for what you have. I'm saying, be grateful. Thank God for the prayers that were not. And so when I look back, I thank God for the things that didn't happen, even though I thought I wanted them to happen. And so I think if we're willing to surrender, that's how we live an unlimited life. Because when we truly surrender, we're open. We're not putting limitations on life anymore. And that's when the magic happens. And that's what I want people. Great. That's what I want everyone to see. Well, oh my goodness. You know, and I, I believe that we seek this from a very early age, honestly. I mean, look at children. They hang upside down. They spit until they fall down and they're dizzy because they want to step outside of themselves. So this seems like a, almost an innate natural urge that maybe some but children are, children are surrendered. If you look at a newborn, they're surrendered. They poop when they feel like pooping. They're not judging themselves. They <laughs> laugh when they, they'll cry till they're blue in the face. And then they're over it. They're not thinking, they're not holding grudges. They're just totally be a child before they really condition would, will run naked. It doesn't understand what it is or what it isn't. It will jump on the table, sing, doesn't care who I don't know, sound like Celine Dion and what will they think about me on Instagram. We're just being totally self-expressed. Surrender. Surrender is our natural state. It is our natural. We've just been conditioned out of it for the reasons I shared. You know, we were free. Then we were incarnated into this human experience. And then we met our parents. God bless them. Our parents are doing the best that they knew how to do based on their life and their upbringing and their childhood. But maybe dad was crazy and maybe mom was an alcoholic or maybe they were fighting all the time and that became painful. And so we learn all sorts of strategies. 
to shut down disconnect, not feel. And we've learned all sorts of strategies to get love and validation and approval and contorted ourselves into a certain shape to get love, validation and approval to become who we thought we needed to be in order to be loved. And now we disconnected from our true nature. And that's when so much of this, the suffering starts, when we lose touch with our innate essence, our innate free-flowing sort of sense of surrender. And mm. so it is our natural state. It's our natural state, you know? Surrender, like, I think surrender is hardwired into our physiology. Why? We breathe in mm -hmm. and we breathe out. Surrender, like, it's like the universe, God reminding us, you got to surrender. You, nobody just breathes in, breathes in. At some point, you've got to breathe out. So avoiding surrender is kind of like, kind of like saying, oh, I never want to breathe out. But you've got to breathe in. You've got to breathe out. Life showing us surrender is the way. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. In fact, for those listening on audio, I'm making a fist and I'm holding a pen. I'm tightening my fist around the pen. This is how we get conditioned. We tighten, we tighten, we tighten. Before you know, we begin to think that this physical posture of holding on, we get so used to it that we think it's normal. But I'm actually saying, no, the conditioned version of ourselves that we've become is actually abnormal. What's natural? What is more easy than like, if I said, let go and surrender, dropping the pen. Like how easy is that? How easy? is that movement. The thing is, we've become so conditioned to holding on that just letting go and it feels odd, you know, but look how easy and natural it is. And so I think surrender is our natural state, but because we've been conditioned out of it, we just lost touch with it, but it's what we are and it's what we are seeking. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely agree with our spiritual growth, our spiritual development, our personal development. That's what we're seeking is something larger than ourselves that we can surrender to and something outside of ourselves that we can surrender to that we hope to achieve. No, that's beautiful. Now, I also have a question for you, but you've yeah. got another book. You are the one. I love the title. What does this book talk about? You are the one. Wow. That's, that's a whole nother podcast, but <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can touch on it briefly um, in a nutshell exactly what the title is. You are the one. It's really that simple. You know, I think many of us, we're looking outside of ourselves. We're abdicating responsibility for our lives outside of ourselves. We're waiting for our parents to fix our lives, for the government to do it. And basically the essence of the book is nobody's coming. No one's coming. The Santa Claus isn't coming. Your parents aren't coming. Nobody's coming because you're the one. I believe that we've all been given the power inside of us to make the shift and change our lives if we're willing to take ownership for our lives and ourselves. And, you know, if we're going to make a change on the planet, we have to stop looking for someone else to make the change. And we have to be the change to step up and start sharing our gifts with the world. And so the book is really about helping people kind of connect to their true purpose and share their gifts. In other words, surrendering to it. Yes, yes. And so the, the more that I hear you express this, just the more I see how the surrender and this concept of surrender touches all parts of our lives. Surrender is the process of life. Surrender is the foundation of awakening. To me, surrender is the core essence of why we are here on this planet, to surrender to our true nature, 
to surrender to what we really are, you know, to surrender to life, the universe, the God, the divine. Surrender is, is the thing, you know, it's the thing, whatever you want to call it, it's the thing. And I think that when we realize that, when we truly surrender, then we bring ourselves in sync with life. When we bring ourselves in sync with life, life takes on a different quality. That's when I think we start being able to truly fulfill our highest life's purpose in this life because life begins to use us and life begins to express through us. So I think surrender is the foundation for everything. Do you have any other examples of people maybe you've talked to or who might be in your book that have used this process of surrender and how that might show up in their lives? I mean, the book is full of so many examples, you know, I have examples from my own life, you know, and so I think rather than just giving some sort of story from someone else, because the book is full of them, I'll just share this fun example from my own life, because I want people to feel like, wow, like I'm not just making this up, taking a story from someone else. This is something I've lived and I've proven. And so, uh, 2018, 2019, when I began writing the book. I was doing my, one of my events in Bali. I do a 12 day event in Bali twice a year. This was, I think December and I came back, I flew back from Bali after two weeks, landed in a, in LA to fill out some paperwork for project I was working on. Then I had to fly to Mexico to my event space there to, to oversee, uh, to just check on some construction. And I flew there for one day, flew in, flew out, same day. And, uh, I was flying back and I realized, well, I have seven days until I need to be anywhere, seven days that I could, I don't have to be stationary in LA. And so I thought, you know, if I'm going to write a book about surrender, like what would happen if I really surrender? What would happen? Like, let me put surrender to the test and see what happens. What does that mean? For seven days, I'm going to completely follow the flow and say yes to life, whatever it leaves me. And I'm going to see, because we're often afraid, well, if I surrender, I'm going to die. If I surrender, I'm going to end up in a ditch somewhere. If I surrender, some bad things are going to happen. So I wanted to say, you know, what would happen if I just totally surrendered to the real flow? Now, I'm not talking about the false flow. Okay. The false flow is like, well, okay, surrender. Well, okay. I'm going to surrender to like smoking weed all day. That's not surrender. That's laziness. I'm going to surrender to like, you know, eating Big Macs and 18 tubs of haagen that's not surrender. That's just being lazy. Okay. Surrender requires discipline and surrender requires responsibility. I'm sure that there were times where Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa may not have felt like waking up and, and giving their gifts, but they did. And so surrender is to a deeper commitment than your fleeting mood in the moment. Okay. And so just to clarify, cause sometimes people, people might think, well, if I surrender, what does that mean? I'm just going to eat 17 donuts. No, it might mean saying no to the things that you are conditioned to say yes to. It might mean not going on a date with that person because you know, they're toxic. It might mean not having sex with that person because you know that they're not a vibrational match. It might mean not hanging out with that friend because you know that they're bringing you down. It might mean saying no to that addiction or that, that pattern, because you know, it's not taking you in the direction of where your soul is, is taking you. So sometimes it requires an intention, a commitment to what's highest. And so here I am, I ran back into Los Angeles. I got seven days where I don't have to be anywhere. And let me see, like, will bad things happen to me? Will I like end up 
stranded somewhere and, you know, dead. Let me actually see without a net, without a plan, without like really life. And so I said, I'm going to go for seven days and I'm going to follow the flow wherever it takes me. I'm going to say yes and follow it. Kind of crazy, which means I'm going to arrive at LAX. I arrived at LAX from Mexico. I walked over to Tom Bradley International Airport. Whatever my intuition, I'm going to follow it. And I'm going to just pick a place and get a ticket and go. No plan. So I get to Tom Bradley International in LA. I woke up, I see this Qantas Airlines. How much is your flight at Qantas? $900. Okay. And I have enough time to catch this flight. Philippine Airlines, I can catch the flight in three hours. Okay. How much is it, sir? $700. I'm, all, I'm walking around the counters. I'm sure people are looking at me like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know? And I, I end up seeing Thai Air. What? Bear in mind, I had just flown back 24 hours ago from Asia on a 24 hour flight. So I'm not going to go back to Asia, you know? And so I walk up to the Thai air counter. How much is your flight to Bangkok? Which I've been to gazillion times. Ah, uh, $600. You know, we take off in four hours. Everything inside of me said, yes, a feeling. Yes. Sometimes we don't pay attention to our guidance and surrender to it because we're so busy distracting ourselves. Sometimes we don't pay attention because we're expecting our guidance to come in a loud siren bell. But sometimes your soul speaks to you in a very, very, very subtle and gentle sense. I thought a sensation. Sometimes we think we know more than our, our intuition. Yes. And, I, and so before you knew it, I found myself buying a ticket to Thailand. I'm like, what the hell am I going? Why the hell am I going to Thailand? No idea. One thing I had to give up that I invite everyone to give up is the need to know. The need to know and analyze and overanalyze and understand everything will block you from surrendering and block you from your blessing. The ego thinks that if it knows and understands everything, it will keep you safe. It's a method of control, but it is not true. It is not true. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try that. I figured by the time I arrived to Bangkok, I'm going to know where I'm really going. So I arrived into Bangkok, waiting for some guidance, a download. I ran into Bangkok, nothing happens. I have no guidance. I'm sitting at the airport. All I hear is, go to Bali. What the hell? Go to Bali? Bali. I was just in Bali. I'm, I'm literally 24 hours later on my flight back to Bali. But I said, I said, I'm not going to negotiate with the guidance. That's what we do as human beings. We're always negotiating with the freaking guidance. I'm not going to negotiate on a flight back to Bali. I arrive into Bali. My taxi guy who drives me picks me up. I said, hey, I'm coming to Bali. He picks me up. He says, you were just in Bali. Why, why are you back? And I say, I have no idea. I have no idea. So he takes me to the hotel. I said, this hotel, this was New Year's Eve. I'm walking in the rice field of New Year's Eve going, God, why the hell am I here? I have no idea. The next day I'm about to go to, to, uh, to my favorite restaurant in Bali to get some food. The same intuition says, go to this vegan restaurant. Um, I say to myself, I, I really don't feel like vegan food right now, but go there. I go there. There's two tables, a, a two-seater and a six-seater. I'm one person. The person, the waitress seats me at a six-seater. Okay. I'm sitting at a big table by myself, looking around and saying, universe, I have no idea why the hell I'm in Bali, but basically I'm not leaving this spot until you tell me why. 
So I'm sitting there, right? I'm journaling. Following the flow. All of a sudden, a guy walks in the door. No big deal, but a guy walks in the door. My eyes pop out because 12 years ago, 10, 10, 12 years ago, I was pitching a TV show and and I did everything possible to try to get a hold of this media mogul guy. People said, you need to connect with this guy in LA. He's the guy for you to meet and to work on together. I made phone calls. I called every day. I mean, I did everything and anything. Nothing. Here I am in the middle of a jungle in Bali, sitting there by myself. And lo and behold, guess who walks through the damn door? You- the same freaking guy that 10 years ago I had forced. I went to his office. I knocked on the door. I basically harassed everyone to get nothing. He walks through the door in sandals, whistling, and my jaw dropped. I'm about to jump up the table and go speak to him, even though I didn't even need anything from him now. But everything inside me said, no, wait. He leaves because there's no room, there's no tables available. Uh, a blonde woman walks in, taps me on the shoulder, says, hey, uh, can I sit here on this table since it's a big table? Because uh, my friend and I need a seat. I said, sure. She says, there, I'm journaling. She calls her friend. I look up. Lo and behold. Who's her friend? The guy. guy. She sits to my left. He sits on my right. She's talking up a storm in my ear. He says, hey, leave the guy alone. I turn over. I say, hi. He's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I said, I know who you are. We start talking for three hours. Three hours about life. And he says, so why are you in Bali? I said, I don't freaking know. But I... I think it might have been to me, you, and I tell him the whole story. He laughs. We exchange phone numbers. He says, we'll be in touch. He leaves. Two seconds later, I get a text from him. Text on my phone. I said, this is, this is so-and-so. It was great speaking to you. He says, uh, God's plan. God's plan. <laughs> I start laughing. Sometimes when we think we know, we don't. And so the story gets better. Uh, his assistant just walked in as we were leaving, as he was leaving. And she said, look, I saw you talking to my boss. Like you guys were in an intense conversation for a few hours. So I kind of left and came back and you guys were still talking. Like, what's your deal? Her and I talked for an hour. She says to me, why are you in Bali? I said, I don't freaking know. I was just in Bali 24 hours ago. Now I'm back. And, and I, I tell her my whole, I'm going to follow the flow for seven days. She said, well. Probably not, but if you end up, you know, if you ever want to go to Hong Kong, I have a friend there you need to meet. I pull out my phone. Book a ticket to Hong Kong right now. I said, uh, I just booked a ticket to Hong Kong. She said, here's my friend's phone number. Four hours later, I'm on my way to Hong Kong. Next time in Hong Kong, she messages me. Have you called your friend? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I called her friend, her and uh, me and her friend, we have uh, lunch together. He asked me. Why are you in Hong Kong? I said, I don't know. I think maybe it's to meet you. We start talking. He says, well, two things. Basically, he's a big media guy in Hong Kong. He's like, anything you need related to PR and media, I'm your guy. I got you covered. Whatever you need, I'm here to help you. I'm like, wow. And he says, by the way, before you go, uh, I think you need to meet my friend. I'm like, hey, I'm on a roll. I'm following the flow. 
I don't care who it is, I'm meeting them. He says, yeah, she's an actress. Big deal. I live in LA. I'm not impressed with actresses. He says, she's an actress. I'm like, whatever. Everyone's an actress in LA. Anyway, all of a sudden I see a message on my phone. It's from his friend. Hey, this is so-and-so. So-and-so said we should meet. And sure, she gives me an address. Takes me in the middle of nowhere to an apartment. I never met this person. I'm now thinking this is looking like a horror story movie. Like if I get killed in the middle of Hanto, nobody will know. I knock on her door. She opens. We sit down. Amazing human. Long story short, we start talking. We, she becomes an instant sister of mine. Like literally like family. And she's telling me about her life and about to break up with a boyfriend. Turns out what I do, I help people. I give her some, some, some coaching. Changes her reality. She thanks me because she was about to break up and now she realizes she shouldn't have break up. So she said, why are you in Hong Kong? I said, I don't know. I really have no idea why I'm here. Maybe to meet you, but I, I haven't. She said, uh, have you ever wanted to do any events in China? I said, turns out I had a vision and a dream of doing like four or 5,000 person events in China. She said, uh, I think I can help you. I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, um, you may not know, but I'm an actress. I'm like, yeah, he said. No, she goes, I, I, I was in the highest gross, grossing movie of all time in the world that is a Chinese movie. And it's the number one Chinese movie, but it grossed more than Avatar and Titanic. Wow. I happen to be the lead. I'm like, okay, I have no idea. So here I am in the middle of all. So, so you know, when I say I can help you, I mean, I can help you. And, mm -hmm. and she said, what you didn't know was uh, my boyfriend, who I was about to break up with, who will be here tomorrow, who I really want you to meet, is basically more famous than me. He's like the Brad Pitt of China. And I think we both need to meet you and we both need to help you. Long story short, they became like family. And it, all I'm saying is it just goes to show when you just surrender and follow the flow and follow life. Life has a way of unfolding. None of that I could have planned. None of that I could have projected. But life knows. So surrender, folks. Surrender. I love that. You just don't know. When you listen to that still small voice inside and surrender to it. I love that. Now, um, I know our, our time is kind yes. of today. I would love to talk about your website. Can you give us the link? And yeah, a couple of things. I would just invite everyone to, to get the book, The Magic of Surrender. It's Absolutely. available on Amazon, the paperback version. I would also say, you know, if someone is inspired by the conversation today, maybe wants to go deeper, uh, twice a year I do a very special event in Bali. This is my last year doing this event. Uh, so depending on when people listen to it, uh, July the 28th through August the 8th and, and December the 5th through the 16th, I've, for the last 10 years, I've done 20 of these events and they're life-changing uh, events that really help people unravel conditioning, connect to your true authentic self and catapult you forward to living your destiny. www.boundlessblissbali is the website, www.boundlessblissbali. You can go there, find out more information. The event is called Boundless Bliss and it's, it's they're very special, very special events. My main website, my name, K-U-T-E, Coot Blackson, CootBlackson.com, Instagram, CootBlackson, Facebook, Coot Love Now, my podcast, Soul Awesome. Wonderful. 
Well, you are a very busy person, Coot. I'm so glad that you made some time to sit down and speak with me today. This has been really cool. Um, I was not convinced on the power of surrender, but now I am. And I Good. wait to go out and see how I can apply it. Awesome. Great. Super, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been amazing. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.